0: Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question: Are my business problems actually me problems? In that I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Robin Idelson, who is an executive and leadership coach who focuses on helping women in management roles lead more boldly by finding their confidence and owning their voice so they can have the impact that they dream of at work. She has honed her coaching skills over the years by working in a variety of industries and roles at going through coaching certification programs with the Coactive Training Institute and the International Coaching Federation. And working with clients at all levels in ten years. So, Robin, thank you very much for being on. How are you doing today?
1: Mm, thanks for having me. I'm doing very well. Thank you.
0: You're very welcome. And uh, I mean, as I told you before we started this whole conversation, I'm always a fan of um, like when coaches come on here because, like I, I said, I, I appreciate when coaches walk their own talk. And to be fair, it is always you know funner on on this side of the uh, table or whatever to yeah. go go through that. But I honor anybody who's in the space that that actually wants to to do this. So, before we even dive into all of that, I'd love for you to just kind of contextualize for us, like, how did you get to doing what you're doing? What it is that you're doing right now? Like, floor is yours for that. Mm,
1: okay, yeah, thank you. Well, um, coaching is the first role I've ever been in where I felt like it's not only something that I'm really good at, but something I really love. So I'm glad I got here. My journey was not that straightforward, though. I did a variety of things. I started. In healthcare consulting, I did inventory management and retail, like supply chain. I've done marketing. Um, None of them are really great fit. But throughout all of them, I was actually applying a lot of coaching skills. I just didn't know it. And it wasn't until I was getting my MBA, my master's in business administration at UC Berkeley, that I suddenly was introduced to this world of leadership development and adult learning and workshop facilitation and coaching. And I thought, oh my God this is it. This is what I've always been looking for. And I just didn't know, I didn't have the words. So I, I ran after it. I started in house and then in pandemic took the opportunity to go full time with coaching. Cause I really just wanted to work with a specific subset, which you mentioned women in management roles who just need that, that cheerleader, that guidance, that person who's going to see them for who they are and help them reach their goals in their own authentic way. And I've been doing it ever since. I love what I do and um, consider myself really grateful to do the work.
0: Beautiful. Well, I mean, I guess I should have asked you then like, uh, you know, what, what didn't you do prior? Because like marketing, inventory management, like, uh, you know, I was like that, that that's a pretty, even just those two out of the ones you mentioned are like pretty on opposite ends of the spectrum in some ways. So I think that's pretty cool. And I I also think it's actually really reflective of how many of us got to doing what you're doing. Like it's seldom like there doesn't really exist like a straight line path to like, oh, I'm going to go to high school. I'm going to be a coach. Like it it doesn't really work like that. So yeah, I I think I'm just basically saying that to acknowledge like uh, that sentiment where Like, it's like my mess always becomes my message in in some way, shape or form. Like I had to go through these things and I had to fumble around so that now I kind of help other people navigate the same fumble or, you know, better yet to like avoid that same fumble. So yeah, I mean, that was just kind of my reflection back, but yeah, I'd love for you to comment on, on any of that.
1: Oh, I completely agree. I think I had to go through all of the trials and tribulations of my own wacky and tumultuous career dealing with all the problems that I now help people with micromanaging bosses tough personalities conflict in the workplace how to have a really you know empathetic and honest conversation with someone how to influence when you don't have authority all those things had to happen because I was constantly learning through my own struggles but now I think they help inform me as an amazing coach to help others who are struggling with the same thing and I think the fact that I'm not I'm not really trained in any one particular industry. I'm not a 20-year veteran. I actually think that helps because I'm not stuck in some 20 years ago relevant way of leading. Not that that doesn't work, but oftentimes it doesn't work. So I'm here instead to say, let's do it now. Let's be flexible. Let's adapt. Let's find your route and not be stuck in something that I've been, you know, subconsciously trained in for decades and decades. So I think that actually works to my advantage.
0: Yeah, I would 100% agree. And I'm a big fan of taking, like synergizing from like multiple different avenues into like whatever the solution calls for in the moment. And I've never heard this quote, but like it reminds me of the quote of like, it, it wasn't uh, farmers that made tractors, right? Like it was engineers looking at the problems of farmers to be like, oh, we could actually do it, you know, this way. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent of that. And I couldn't agree more. So I'd love to then just dive into essentially what brings you here, right? Like you have all this vast experience, you kind of know why you're here. I think everything that you're helping people with is, is quite needed, especially in that you know workplace environment where there's so little support for like the human aspect of like doing all of that and navigating all of that. So what are the top problems or the top challenges that you're facing right now?
1: Mm, Yeah, well, um, I think this is, you may hear this very often with coaches. We're incredible at coaching and we often struggle with business, the business side of things. And even though I've gotten my MBA, none of it ever prepared me for this particular world I now live in. And I think what I struggle most with is how to most activate that. I think I have so much potential. I think I can do so much more with my business and therefore help more people but getting in front of the right person and really connecting with them, that still seems to be a, an interesting conundrum for me. Um, and then also, you know, really thinking about how to make sure my time is being saved for my clients, which is what's really important for me rather than doing a lot of the pieces that are so necessary, but take up a lot of my time. So I think those are really most top of mind for me. Um, and then, Again, I really was excited to come here because as a coach, I believe everyone is always doing their own self-work. I have plenty to do for me. I was excited for someone else to just look under the hood and see what was there and help me be like, oh, wow, I had no idea. That's really interesting. Now that I know I can use that and build tools to help me. So that was part of it too.
0: Beautiful. Well, uh, you know, I, I know my opinion is biased, but I think you're in the right place. So <laughs> you get to yeah. judge not uh, at, the, at the end of this experience. So with regards to that dichotomy between, okay, like I'm really good at coaching, but like the marketing and sales part isn't exactly uh, my forte. How do I balance the two? I think, yeah, that is a classic conundrum that coaches get into and I've certainly gone through and I'm going through various iterations of that myself. So I guess my first question to you would be, to what degree is that a skill gap in this other domain of, you know, whatever, advertising, sales, marketing, whatever, and then to what degree is it, I actually have all the skills, I know how to do all the things, but I'm actually just not executing the things that I know.
1: Ooh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I would like to say that the skills are mostly there. That could always use some sharpening some honing but I think they're mostly there and I think a lot of it is probably still all of the inner voices and the emotional intellectual effort of getting into it sometimes I've done a lot of work over the past years of entrepreneurship and really being bold like taking chances but yet um, I think sometimes it's also you know a part of me that's probably still hiding behind uh oh like i'll get to that some point like i'll do that some point i i don't know how where this plays into it all but i think also just my life like the life part of it you know the number of hours in a day being a working mom of a young 18 month old uh managing household things there are many burdens to being a working mom that we could go on and on about but that plays into it all too. I don't know where that is on the subconscious level. If I prioritize or I, you know, focus in the right ways, but all that to say, I'm I'm not sure what the exact ratio is, but I think they all play together.
0: Yes. And I I would agree with you. And I appreciate the transparency with like the grand spectrum of like what's involved in A seemingly simple question, like, okay, which one do you think it is? Because yeah, it is. It's the life thing. It's the the business thing. It's the coaching. It's the energizing, like managing your own self through it. I agree with you. It is the whole tapestry of it all. So I guess the question I'm going to ask, you're going to be diving more into, okay, well, if it is the whole tapestry and it is all true, then there's likelihood of like a few dominoes that would probably have the biggest effect if like eliminated or changed. And I guess the first part that I would want to explore with regards to what those biggest dominoes are is there's also likely a lot of hemorrhaging of your efforts mm. in something. So, whether that's because you mentioned, again, I have all this like inner voices and emotional effort it takes to like do the thing, right? So, I'm assuming that probably wastes more time, wastes more resources in terms of like you managing that, and then also just the delay it takes in time to like execute. Um, that then plays into, well, I also got life going on. I also got clients. I got to make sure that I show up present, et cetera. So before I go on, just like what's landing, what isn't with that reflection?
1: Hmm. Um, I'll admit, I got a little lost in your question, but I guess what's landing for me is that yeah, I, I would agree that there's always some level of time and energy that's sunk into it. Um, a classic example for me, I use LinkedIn mostly to find, to market. I think that that makes the most sense given who I like to work with. Um, I set a, a goal for myself to post on there every day about the struggles of being a female leader and female manager. I don't get to it every day. In fact, it's not easy. And I ask myself why that is. And it's a lot of just various things. It's, oh, like I have to sit and I have to think. And then I start getting into this level of what would connect and how do I not sound salesy? Cause I want people to really connect with me. I don't want them to feel lost in some oily feeling message. I want it to be real. I want it to also be relevant to me as a coach. And that's a lot of pieces And then inevitably, it means that I don't post every day. And I've worked myself through my own coaching many times. I've worked with my own coaches. And for whatever reason, it still is a hurdle. So I think that's what's just most present for me these days is sitting there going, like, I know that I have to work through a lot of these things over and over again. Um, And the tools I build, I'm always adjusting to try and find a new way to address them
0: got it so it's like the seeming thing that i know i need to do consistently i don't do consistently because it's like asking me to run a marathon consistently it's like i I gotta push myself through this barrage of inner voices i gotta push myself through all of this like inner tension whether that be one day doubt whether one day it be something else to like actually just do the thing press send And then kind of navigate, okay, well, did I say the right thing that I say? Who's liking it? Whatever. Like, is that accurate with regards to like what your experience is? Or am I missing something from that?
1: I think that captures a lot of it. Yeah.
0: Okay, perfect. Anything that I missed there that you wanted to add or no?
1: Um, I think the what comes first is a very important distinction to be able to just put it out there and then worry about it versus worrying so about it that it never gets out there is the crux of it.
0: Okay. Um, Perfect. So just if, and I'm going to interrupt you, like if I see like anything that's like a yellow or, or a red flag, it's not that I'm trying to cut you off as far as we like need to say, but just for the sake of time as well to, to like dive into them. So for that one particular share, like is the majority of your worry prior to starting, but then isn't that bad once you press send or it's, both or like what's your experience with that
1: yeah I think most of it is the before okay and then there's always the part of you after you hit send that still goes through the whole the whole circuit you know like is someone going to be offended by this is this going to come off the way I hoped what if it doesn't do anything and then you put it out there and it didn't even have an effect and you know you can go through all that but I would say most of it is just before the lead up Yeah.
0: Got it. So it's kind of the anticipatory, what if this all goes wrong?
1: Yeah. And um, putting a lot of emphasis on a little thing, I think in retrospect, you can see it for what it is, just a LinkedIn post that may or may not be seen. And it really doesn't mean more than just you sharing. But as you look at it forward, it it's no longer a hill it's a mountain it's this big thing and i always feel like it's a big thing as i look at it but when i look at it in retrospect i'm like well it's done and wow look you know it got reaction or it didn't get reaction and i rarely ever look at it afterwards but looking forward at it it's just a different feeling
0: got it okay okay so it's, yeah, like, you're sitting in front of this thing that you objectively know is small, but as soon as you look at it, it's like it blows up into this massively big thing that takes a lot out of you to overcome. Sometimes you overcome it, but more consistently, you kind of don't because it's daunting and big. So is that accurate as well?
1: That feels like part of
0: it. Sure. Okay, perfect. So you mentioned a few things with regards to, okay, so someone going to be offended with this, this is going to have an effect. It always feels like a big thing. You know, is this the right thing to say? What are other thoughts that go through your head when you're facing this big hurdle?
1: I think the, probably the biggest ones are always someone else seems to be doing it better. My comparative judge is huge. I think a lot of people would feel sympathy with that, but um, it's hard not to look and see others and see their, highlight reel, if you will, and think, wow, they're they're really successful. They're making it happen. They're doing it already. And here I am doing it not as well. And it's taking me a lot more effort. <laughs> you sort of almost talk yourself out of it. So I, I think that's one of the problems with working in social media as a marketing platform. You see others doing an incredible job of what you're trying to do. And even as I coach myself and say, but still your voice is important. That's what you tell your clients. Everyone has their own unique thing to add. No one can do it quite like you. So don't hold yourself back. It still takes me effort to sit there and go, Robin, don't hold yourself back. Still say it. Even if someone else posted something similar-ish recently, it's, it's got merit. Do it, do it. But that comparison is still there.
0: Got it. And yeah, I mean, I know that's kind of like the, the the right thing to say on that surface level to handle the surface issue It's kind of, okay, well, what's underneath the surface there? So when someone else is doing it better or that voice comes in and says somebody else is doing it better, like what does that actually mean?
1: What does it actually mean if the voice says that someone is doing it better? Um, I mean, it's probably telling me a story that You know, it's probably a classic fear of failure, you know, if I put it out there and it doesn't go as well as someone else did it, then it might reflect poorly on me, or it might not make me seem as knowledgeable. Someone may not choose to work with me if they see a post and it didn't quite land the way I hoped. Um, There's also an element of how can I be the best person for My clients. And I believe that on a deep, intrinsic level. But when you see others who are doing so well, it's hard not to doubt that for a second. So there's some element of you just having to check in and be like, no, no, I'm still a great coach. I still do amazing work. But seeing others who are more pedigreed or giving that talk or doing that thing that you've always dreamed of and you're not doing yet. Hard not to doubt that for a second.
0: So it's not necessarily somebody else is doing it better, but when I see someone else doing it well, that I begin to question whether, in some ways, I have the merit to stand up with that in isolation on its own as like just a visible comparison. Like, would that be accurate with regards to what's going on internally or not? Yeah, I
1: don't think that's unfair.
0: Okay. So what comes up for you internally? Is that something you've known before? Is something I've known but I haven't heard it that way? It's not something new. Like what what's what's your internal experience of that reflection?
1: Hmm. I think it's something I've known. I appreciate hearing it out loud because it feels different when it's voiced out loud. Um I noticed myself, because I like to do a lot of check-in with, you know, the somatics of here, but I noticed myself feeling a little like twinge in my gut, like, oh. That doesn't feel good like i don't appreciate that happening like that's unfortunate that that's what's here so noticing that um yeah
0: so tell me a little bit more about that twinge like what what what's actually there
1: i think that twinge is a reminder of just how much you know You can be self-limiting or fall into traps that you don't appreciate, but aren't serving. And um, again, it's interesting because like everything comes around judgment. There's the part of that twinge that is mad at me for making that comparison, which I have to constantly soothe and say, you're being very harsh, like be kind to yourself. Um, It's the part of the twinge that also gets very curious and is like, okay what do you want to do about it like what do you want to change like what can you change if anything um and then I think the twinge also just recognizing like this is a story that's really familiar which means it's been with me for a long time which means that it's not easy to sh- shift to cast off in knowing that what what does that mean what does that make different here that's the curiosity again but that's all I think. What's part of it for me.
0: Fair enough, and I, and I think you're the awareness with which you bring. Like it's very clear this is not your first foray into your inner work, and I know it's kind of obvious because you're you're a coach. But yeah. I just wanted to acknowledge and reflect that because you jump into or like tune into things very quickly. You make the connections very easily. The level of which you understand the inner workings of what's going on is 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 very good. right? Like It's it's very reflective of a lot of experience. So I just want to acknowledge that and you're very welcome. Um, and I just want to reflect back as well. It's kind of like, as soon as you make a connection or let's just say voice that connection out loud in this way, or you feel it reflected back, the through line for me from the outside looking in is there's basically various different versions of your inner critic coming forward the one that's mad is like well well, okay why aren't you figuring this out why aren't you making that comparison like well what a silly comparison to make right then there's like the kind of somber ones like well, like okay what what, what can we change now like what what, what do we need to fix basically right and then there's like the observant part of you that's like oh this is like really familiar this is like a long-standing kind of judgment that's always been there in, in various forms to ensure I do a great job. And the only reason that I I, I point out that last piece as well is, you know, you started this whole interview talking about how you have like an MBA, you have this vast experience prior to coaching, et cetera. And listen, MBA is not an easy thing to get and to get it, you have to be good at the academic side of things, which is all rooted in being right, making sure you have the right answer, always showing your best foot forward. Like a lot of that like the judgment of getting to that point is inherent in getting that to that point. So I guess in some ways I'm also saying I'm I'm not surprised with it. So just before we go on, what's landing there, what is it?
1: Yeah. Well, I do think, I think about this a lot, by the way, but I do think you, I mean, you, you read me like a book. I've definitely always been very academic achieving. I identify that with a lot of my clients. I think it's why we get along well and that's absolutely there the idea that you know there's a high bar for success and it tends to be very black and white a lot of the stories i tell myself are you know you're not succeeding or it's not growing or others are others would do it better and you're not good at this good being part of it and i think also what actually popped up too is this recognition that because i'm so focused on academic and checking the box and getting the, you know, gold star on things that it doesn't always leave a lot of room for just throwing caution to the wind and just, you know, putting stuff out there or like having fun with it or being silly or taking chances and risks, very risk averse. I never once thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. And then life likes to throw you little curveballs that just make you laugh. So that's all there too. And, um, I think that it's hard not to want to say there's a right way to do it. Uh, There's a better way to do it. The part of me that has learned to optimize over time or to get it, get the highest you can get, the most you can get, is really hard to fight because I wouldn't say I'm doing poorly, but my brain thinks you're not doing well enough. Instead of saying you're not doing poorly, you're doing well, and it's not going as fast, or it's not going as well as you maybe envision. But you're doing fine. Instead of saying that, it's saying, "Why aren't you fill in the blank?" You know, coaching this many people, making this much money, reaching this many followers. Um, and it's frustrating. It's really tiring. There's a lot of a lot of days when I have to walk myself back because I sit there going, "Like, I am just tired of." The hustle, which is ironic because again, I am an entrepreneur and I've started my own business. Hustle is the middle name there, but it's hard not to get tired out by it all.
0: A hundred percent when, or rather, especially when, and it kind of goes back to what we started the conversation with, like, of course, it's going to be tiring when a good portion of your time is actually just spent like going against yourself. It's kind of like, you know, it's really hard to like climb this big hill. Well, it's doubly hard if I have to carry a 50 pound, like 50 pound pack on my back the whole time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And everything that you've mentioned about this, like preoccupation with being right, um, always worrying ahead of time, pre-filtering, pre-judging so that I can show up in a particular like perfect way. And then also like somebody who has succeeded in academics for so long Like your whole barometer of success is actually the comparison of how you do relative to other people, right? From bell curves to what do I need to get into this particular program? What do I need to pass? Like it's all relative based on some external success metric. Whereas everything that your business is asking from you right now is well, how do I show up in my own authenticity so that people wanna work with me? Because I'm expressing who I am and, and what I stand for, and all those things, there's no rubric that's ever going to give you whether that's correct or not. Secondly, that same part that's always prejudging is also optimizing your content. And I know I'm guessing, or you should correct me if I'm wrong, but I've seen this pattern before where you're so focused on being technically right that it actually confuses being effective for the person that needs to hear it. So it's like I'm mattering to the wrong people. I'm mattering on being correct technically even if that misses the point of mattering to the people that i actually need to change that i actually need to influence that i actually need to be heard from because they're the ones that are ultimately going to want the transformation that that i offer so it's like this whole essentially hamster wheel of optimizing for things that are essentially no longer in your space but like your somatic body hasn't actually caught up and found safety in the new space that you're in so again, I know that was like a lot. What, uh, lands for you from that?
1: Um, 99% of it. I think the only thing I would adjust is that it's not even about, I'm trying to be right from a technical perspective. Cause I'm actually pretty self-aware that I am not technically right. A lot of times. Um, I think what actually I would adjust is to say, Sometimes because I am trying so hard to optimize, I go big and I start appealing to sort of like a generic high level principle that feels right, but isn't actually, like you said, this is where it reconnects, like really speaking to someone who I would work with. You know, I I imagine if I were to try and reread a bunch of my posts, but Try and imagine reading it as someone who knew nothing about coaching or knew nothing about leadership and ask, like, what about this resonates or who would I connect with here? It, it would probably fall a little flat. It would probably end up being like, this could be uh, anyone or just it's about leadership in general. It's not about me as that, you know, mid level manager who's struggling with this particular thing and feels these particular feelings. So that definitely resonates. Yes.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. And I'm glad that it does, because I think it's reflective of what you mentioned at the beginning. It's like, I I do actually feel like I have the skill set and like essentially what you mentioned was like the right messaging, right? Like you were describing the mechanics of creating a messaging around like the niche that that I'm in and I want to like connect to these people. Yet, because a part of me feels unsafe to like, if I say this and it's only right to these people, then it's essentially going to be wrong to these other people. And then that now becomes threatening. So I'll opt for the safe thing, which is diluted, generic, uh, and all encompassing. I it's for everybody, which means it's for nobody. Mm -hmm. Right. So what lands for you there?
1: Oh, what really lands for me is knowing myself and knowing that I'm very anti-conflict, how much your, your choice of words really lands because there is something about alienation or creating friction, by it being wrong for a certain group that definitely lands the part of me that craves harmony wants everyone to love the message and everyone to feel good in it um not recognizing that if it doesn't land it doesn't automatically mean that there's friction
0: uh, correct and i know you intellectually understand that but i think it's, it's really cool now to kind of connect the dots where It's like from a strategic standpoint, everything that your business is asking from you to evolve is in direct opposition to these long-rooted, long-standing subconscious patterns, right? I essentially have to niche down and speak to my ideal person at the polarizing effect of people who aren't my people. So right off the bat, Okay, well, there's going to be some conflict there. Even though it's like somebody disagreeing with me, it doesn't matter. That part's still going to interpret that as like, this is conflict. Now I'm not liked. There's no, I'm not creating harmony anymore, which means I'm the one responsible for creating this harmony, which again, directly goes against that part of my identity, right? Everything as far as, well, now I'm failing in one of these instances. Now I'm no longer right. This reflects, this reflects poorly of me because now I'm creating conflict as opposed to creating harmony it's like they're in direct opposition of each other as far as like what your business actually needs to move forward from a strategic standpoint and then how that is a threat to all of these limiting patterns. Okay. So okay. what lands for you there?
1: It's fascinating and it feels different. I think, you know, again, just checking in energetically with myself, it's like I think there's a part of me that recognizes that that is something I haven't really embraced is being a little bit more, um, I don't know what the right word is, the conflicting or just, um, polarizing our words that you said that really kind of just, I felt myself going like, Oh, okay. Like there's some energy there, which means that it's probably more important. Again, I'm thinking about great entrepreneurs in general, probably more important to be really bold and cut people out in order to like create that brand than it is to just try and be everything for everyone which is not something I thought I was doing but I think is certainly there um and then it you know leads into the logistical part of my brain that goes okay great how are we gonna how do you do that like how are we gonna make this happen but I'll quiet that for a second because I know I can get to logistics later (laughs)
0: Well, it's actually funny, because that, that's actually the part that I was going to dive into next, which is, you've mentioned multiple different times, like, I think about this a lot, my brain goes to what I need to do next. What's the logistics of this? What are the next steps? Like, these are very mental model type solutions to essentially emotional problems. Mm-hmm. And I point this out because it happens all the time with clients that I have that are really good at solving problems with their head, which I would definitely categorize you there just by the virtue of your history. Like you it's gonna be very hard to like get an MBA if if like you're not good at using your head. You know what I mean? Like there's just a lot of stuff you got to use mentally to be able to good at solve problems that way. And the problems in front of you are not actually mental. Like nothing that I've said to you, and that's why I've, I kind of asked you to affirm it. Like, okay, is this new? Is this not? And you're like, well, okay. I've, it's interesting to rehear it, like from somebody else. It's not new intellectually, but what did perk your attention was the emotional response to it, like me reflecting it to you from the outside looking in, bypass the normal spinning that most smart entrepreneurs have, which is like they'll try to think their way through the problems. And right away got you to tune into your body. It's like, ooh, that twinge in my gut, this emotional response to this word polarization, like the problem you need to solve is not actually neck up, it's neck down. And that takes a totally different set of tools to actually navigate, to heal and eliminate. Like you don't need, it's like in my process, I go through like reveal, heal and eliminate. You don't really need a lot more revealing. You're pretty aware of all of the patterns how they interact like all the things we talked about already for you it's healing the emotional wounds that don't feel safe in where your business needs you to be and then eliminating those as far as nervous system response when you actually show up in your field of play which is the business and social media and posting but all of that work happens neck down and the longer you try and outthink emotional problems the longer you're really just going to be in this hamster wheel of wrong tool for the wrong job so what lands for you there
1: makes a ton of sense my thinking (laughs) um feeling is definitely actually interestingly i'm noticing just like a little bit of queasiness at it i think that probably indicates that this is very vibrant and rich and something that's not at all easy for me. So I, I like to tell clients, like, if you feel a little bit like scared of a homework assignment, but you're not panicking yet, we know we're in the right place. Uh, so I think that's probably what I would explain as the feeling here. Um, and it's an interesting, like a really powerful way of explaining it. Cause I agree with you. I think I probably know on an intellectual level too well, like that is already muscle that's almost over overused, you know, like someone who only works the right side of their body and it's dragging on the floor when they work out, but the left side of the body is weak and limp. Like it's probably what's happening here. So those are the things that stand out for me.
0: Beautiful. Well, again, I just want to acknowledge you for sharing the emotional aspects that you are kind of getting in real time. Because like for somebody that, essentially has a like a a visibility block as far as like what's moving their business forward for you to a volunteer and show up for an experience like this where, you know, the premise of the whole thing is to be witnessed. So I think number one, kudos to you for diving into the deep end of facing a part of this, but also noticing and then not running from all of the parts of you that are essentially triggered by me reflecting back all this information to you and like where you need to look because if you you look at everything you've shared about your body response it's you know queasiness there's like like discomfort like they're all essentially like alert panic uh do we really want to go here responses and it's not the easiest of things to just then openly be like oh yeah well this is happening so i just wanted to acknowledge you for that and be also recognizing like yeah, uh, this is exactly where I need to look. I don't need any more mental hacks or you know whatever mental tools. This really becomes healing an emotional problem. So anything you want to comment or add to that, you're welcome to.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that that, that those strong feelings are huge indicators and I've learned over time not to shut them down the way a lot of us are taught to shut them down. Um, I think also there's a certain element of, I, I'm just craving that part of me that wants to, um, you know, like, like give myself that hug and be like, you know what, like this is, this is tough. It is hard to hold that level of anxiety or tension that fight or fight panic mode is real for a reason. So I, I really do want to almost comfort myself, but I'm, again, maybe thinking this too much. I I can feel myself almost saying like, and then that's how you get into the, don't post. Like you'll do that later. It's you just be comfortable. So finding that right balance too um, is probably a lifelong endeavor, but it is top of mind, top of body for me of how do I not push myself The other way in terms of stress and anxiety, and also not coddle myself out of my goals.
0: Yeah. And I think, sorry, is there anything else you wanted to to add to that? Okay. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Um, Yeah. I mean, I guess what I would just reflect back to that is it's kind of like making the decision. And, you know, in my process, like I, I go through this and kind of like the reveal phase of it is. Okay. Yeah. You have awareness around the patterns. You understand like all the stuff we went through, you know, what problem you need to solve. And it's like the final step to go from like revealing what the issue is to actually beginning to heal it is actually just recognizing that at some point I want to go beyond coping, coddling, and, you know, not stepping into the fire. Like, I, like you said, there was this, Ooh, like, let's just go back to like, it's not that bad if I don't post like today. is okay. I'll post tomorrow, whatever. Right yeah you can try and white knuckle your way through that but it doesn't actually heal the reasons why you're having those problems so at some point that decision is needed to be made to like can i be open to the possibility that i can't actually heal parts of these so that i can be as enthusiastic about doing the outwardly things that my business needs as i am like coaching like can the marketing piece be as fun as coaching and it's been my experience both well, personally with other people that like yeah it can actually get to that point Um, when you make the decision that I'm, I'm I'm no longer, like, I'm going to have the standards that I don't just want to coddle or cope. I want to actually heal. So again, what lands, what doesn't uh, for you with that?
1: (laughs) Excuse me. Um, I mean, one of the biggest words that lands for me is choice, choosing. I'm a huge proponent of choice and choosing. I think to a certain extent, we all have choice and and opportunity um and how we choose to face things or think about things is a lot of what we can bring to our own development so that lands huge for me um and then what i i guess i interpreted out of your reflection is that instead of thinking of it as a either or right as a black and white you cope or you coddle it's instead being like where is there? maybe a little bit of both or the yes and maybe there's a third option like exploring different ways to look at it all from that place of choice um and then the final thing is just recognizing that it is really hard to do that but i know that also it's really important and really rewarding and really effective but it takes a lot of time and practice
0: yeah. And I think that's a beautiful way to say it. Like choice is the, the difference maker there. And it is, right? Like the change is only ever going to come from you choosing that you are now ready to to change. So, and I know that doesn't only apply to you. It's more of a general statement, um, but I, I agree with you hundred percent and beautifully said. So if we're looking at the big picture then, or like zooming out from kind of the minutiae of the patterns themselves, like if I could wave a magic wand and basically eliminate your ability to engage in the self-sabotaging behaviors or these self-sabotaging patterns what's left underneath who are you without these inner limits
1: mm, who am i without these inner limits love that question um well i think without these inner limits you get to see a lot more of me the person that you meet more when we're in a coaching session or even in a social situation so that kind of very you know fun loving silly person who can be really lighthearted and goofy um i think you also get someone who's willing to take more risks something i'm not willing to do when i am in that place of inner limitation and i think you also get someone who is a lot more creative i have felt you know in those moments when i can coach myself out of those limitations and just you know say okay saboteurs get in the other room so I can have a moment here to think or feel or whatever that is. That's when I get the most creative. I've done things like free workshop series. I've, you know, had group program ideas. I've had great ideas for posts. It's that creative spark that suddenly isn't smothered by the constant concern. So that creativity gets to come through a little bit more. Um, And I think also, even just as a coach, it shows up differently. I've felt myself be the worst coach I can for clients when I'm sitting there, you know, worried about how do I, you know, make sure they don't leave. How do I make sure they're getting enough value here? And then the moments when I can let go of that, that's actually when I'm the best coach because I'm truly there just to serve their goals, just to be that mirror. That's always been really important to me. So I always try really hard to let go of those before every call, because at the end of the day, all I really want to do is be a good coach, be able to get them to their goals. And I'm not serving them or me if I'm sitting there stewing in my own concerns and limiting beliefs, right? So I think those are the pieces that most show up when I don't have an inner limitation voice.
0: I mean, that's a beautiful, beautiful picture of like, like what I hear is like, if I have to summarize it, it's like leadership and like owning my own magnificence
1: right mm, so people would that. see
0: a lot more of me i'm fun loving i'm a silly person i'm lighthearted. like i want to bring that into this coaching space of mine like this little ecosystem that i'm creating like the like it's almost like that's the inviting like living room that i want my people to be a part of right that's going to take some risk i want to be creative with how i show up because that's an inherent part of being loving silly lighthearted, etc right and I think the last part with regards to the 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 coaching bit, like is integrity, right? Because you can only take your clients where you've kind of been yourself. So if I expand the container with which like I've traveled and and traversed and, and overcoming myself, that right away increases my capacity to coach somebody else through their version of, of the things. So like if I can hold more, then I can do more for them as well. So I think that's a beautiful picture to 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 paint of like what's available to you behind all of these limits so well okay anything else you would want to add or comment to that mm.
1: no other than i just absolutely love owning your magnificence that's going to be sitting with me and just be like really sitting in that and enjoying that for the rest of the day
0: <laughs> beautiful love it yeah do it do, listen make a post about your magnificence right after we we finish this whole call. So that would be a a, a great kind of closure to this whole thing. Um, Okay. So if you're then looking at yourself from everything we just described, the magnificence, the integrity, the, the creativity, all of it, like what would you create from that space?
1: What would I create from all of the magnificence and integrity and all of that? Um, what would I create? I like that word. I think, I guess I would hope for maybe some best practices, some reminders around reconnecting to this vision and you know, what we've discussed here, again, nothing new, but some of it very, very electric and alive, right? You know, the emotionalness of this, not the intellectualness of it, the, you know, needing to remember that there's so much opportunity when I choose to shift away from that self-limiting. And um, I think magnificence, again, is just really striking me. There's something really resonant about being able to show up as an example, as a role model of what I really believe for my clients. And I think their magnificence is there. My magnificence is part of that. So I think I would want to create a lot more work showcasing my magnificence.
0: Beautiful. So I'm going to challenge you then to get more specific with that, right? Because it's, again, it's nice to kind of be esoteric about it all here, but now take that same magnificence that, that you were able to like get a preview of. And if you channel it into even more of a specific vision, like what does that mean for your business? What does that mean for your content creation? What does that mean for all of the earlier challenges that you mentioned?
1: I see almost a personal challenge to get really, really, really specific with my posts like seeing maybe if there's a game I can play with myself to be as specific as possible around a pain point or a person in mind with my posts from here on out. I think a little bit more, the word that comes to mind is sharing or even bragging, you know, about my own magnificence, which is very bold and a very vulnerable thing for me. Um, Funnily enough, don't feel so bad about sharing or being my magnificence in a personal or in-person setting but something about the broadness of posting feels like it's a real challenge and risk um and I think maybe the final piece I would want to offer myself or create for myself would be um just a lot more trying new things I know that's still vague but there's something about Trying a new, maybe once a quarter, trying a new offering or a new way of engaging with others or, you know, I've been thinking so long about, okay, maybe it's a group program that does this, or maybe, you know, I have to just be a little more concrete with myself about just getting out there and trying new things, that risk, riskiness, that willingness to not be right um, and not have it be perfect and optimized and all that. I've never held myself to perfection. So it's funny because I don't feel like that's here, but maybe on some subconscious level, the part of me that's been subconsciously trying to be perfect about it all is just needs to be let out of the cage a little. I don't know.
0: Well, well I think just from what I've known from or about you from this conversation, yeah, I agree. It's, it's not like a typical perfectionism where like you're so concerned it has to be perfect before like I release it. I think for you, it's more about what it, Like it's kind of the same pattern but it's a different intentionality and wounding behind it where it's like what powers it for you are these beliefs around being right about you know being general so that i never start a conflict like for you it's a bit of a different like let's just say flavor to it than like the stereotypical way that perfectionism tends to show up Um, but i think the consequences of it is the same like I'll go till 80% or I'll never pull the trigger. I'll never actually ship. Or when I do, it takes so much out of me to like do it. So the consequence of it is the same. But I think the way that you get to that consequence is is more specific and unique to you. And is atypical of like a stereotypical perfectionism bit. So does that land with you or not?
1: No, it definitely does. Because I think it's a version of that rather than the traditional yeah. thing. It's definitely a version. Yeah
0: correct so yeah. perfect okay so then um i like i'm just going to reflect back to you everything that you mentioned as far as like what i would create so it's like one part of it is there's these best practices and reminders and reconnection to this mission of magnificence so it's like okay i'm rooted in what is more authentic of me behind all of these limits right i'm a more uh like a more of a role model for my clients, right? So going back to that whole integrity piece of like, they see me doing the very thing that I coach them through, right? I can get then be really specific behind my posts because I've eliminated these aspects where I don't like conflict or or what that means if there is conflict, right? Sharing, bragging, trying new things. So to just kind of put a cap on that, you know, beautiful envisioning of, of what you would create from, a lack of your limitations, like what results do you think this would translate into as far as your business is concerned?
1: I mean, on one level, I'm hoping for more people reaching out to me for help and wanting to work with me. Yes. And then I think there's also part of me that hopes to just have more fun with business building. I don't. It's not that I don't want to do the business building piece of it, but energetically it, it is draining. So of course, our natural inc- you know inclination is to do the things that give us more energy or take less, I should say, rather than those that are the hardest. I would love to be able to walk away saying, it is no longer so draining for me to do all this business building. I actually maybe even enjoy it. Like that would be amazing to say that. And then um, I think also just it would be really nice to be able to start getting to that next level where it's not, you know, the metaphor that comes to mind is I'm not there trying to keep, you know, the moat from filling with water, right? Like I'm not trying to keep sand off the beach or whatever. It's like, oh, like we're, we're filling the moat and then we're going to build a castle out of it. Like that level of business energy. That's what I would like to get to
0: absolutely yeah cuz when you can be your full self expressed and ownership of that then you can begin to actually expand in what you create right i think that's yeah. a, a beautiful way to end it yeah i think of course we all want more money as like business owners i, I get that you have more clients etc but what i really like or at least what stands out for me from the outside looking in is this aspect of like it would be more fun to build the business right yeah. cuz you got like 50% of your business is essentially like anxiety inducing because it, it it triggers all of the wounding,s so like imagine if you transmute that into, okay, so these patterns are no longer part of me. Well, now that part gets to be fun as well. Like that that's the the holy grail, and I agree with you, that is the holy grail, and it's also very possible, right? Because you you've done a lot of the first initial steps, which was to build the awareness and reveal what what the patterns are really all that's left for you is like the healing and the eliminating of it, which is good because you can't change what you can't see and and you see a lot of it. So I think that's kind of the good news for you to take away as, as we move kind of out of this. So what lens for you there?
1: I mean, I, I agree. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Well, in that case, if that feels complete for you as far as like mapping This out. Um, Does it feel complete for you? Is there something left outstanding?
1: Mm, I mean, this was very enlightening and a really beautiful exploration. Like really helpful. Um, It's it's prompted a lot more questions for me for sure. And the part of me that doesn't want to just get stuck thinking in it and wants to be able to also feel my way through it and do this healing work on the emotional level is trying to get heard as well, but I would say overall, um, you know, there's, there's a questions about what's next and I'm excited to explore it.
0: Beautiful. Love it. Well, I think that's a, it's a beautiful way to like wrap this up. So, um, why don't you then just let us know, uh, well, number one, thank you for allowing us to witness you in this way, right? Especially with somebody coming in with like some type of visibility block, that's always the most vulnerable, space to be in so thank you for uh showing up in this way um yeah and then you know floor is yours like use this to let everybody know where to find you who's the best person to find you floor is yours for that
1: Mm, okay thank you um and thanks for creating this space i came on here because i believe in the work so it was really actually amazing to be on the other side for once um and in terms of finding me and who should find me so Like I said, if you are someone in management, particularly I love working with women in management roles, I work mostly in tech, but I think management and leadership are industry agnostic. And if you're really just trying to find that authentic way to feel confident and lead with impact and find your voice in the workplace to stop feeling like you have to be someone else to be a leader or you can't speak up because what if they judge your ideas or how do you work with all these other difficult personalities? I'd love to talk to you because you are exactly who I help. Um, The best way to reach me is via email. So it's www, or sorry, that's my website. Um, But email is robinidelsoncoaching at gmail.com. And then I do have a website, www.robinidelsoncoaching.com. And um, you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn because guess what? I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. So I love connecting with people. I love DMs. And if you're open to it, I'm also always open for a virtual coffee chat. So I look forward to connecting with others.
0: Beautiful. Well, Robin, thank you very much for doing this. And yeah, as always, we'll include all that in the show notes. Um, Yeah, for you both listening, we'll see you on the next one.
1: Thank you.